Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I spoke to Donna from Coupa on our Woman in Supply Chain episode, and her journey to success has been amazing. And the advice that she has for other women in the industry or leaders in general as an industry was incredible. I really, really enjoyed getting to know her leadership approach and how exactly she implements that and what that looks like. It was a really great episode, so I really hope you enjoyed it. But if you missed it, remember that you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast, and it was episode 228. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. Throughput.ai puts industrial material flow on autopilot by leveraging existing enterprise data. Throughput's AI software predicts demand, reorients production capacity, reassigns warehouse space, and reorders materials optimally more than five times faster than leading contemporary solutions. So businesses minimize over-promising and under-delivering. Sign up for a free demo to see Throughput in action. Visit throughput.ai. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. There are so many incredible things happening here. We are doing a sustainable packaging webinar coming up, and we just did a webinar all about the borderless workforce and how to do global expansion right. If you are ever thinking about that, we really got the 411 on how to do that right. So if you ever want to catch up on any of our live shows or our webinars, head over to the Let's Talk Supply Chain YouTube page and you will find them all there. Today, I'm joined by a company who are helping freight forwarders to deliver unparalleled customer experience by combining logistics expertise and personalized service with an unrivaled digital platform. Can you guess who it is? Well, I'll reveal it after the question of the week. So the question was actually a poll, and we asked you, how high have you seen container prices this year? 40% of you said 20 to 29,000, 34% of you said 10 to 19,000, 15% of you said 30 to 39,000, wow, and 12% of you said $40,000, incredible. We had 495 votes on that, and some of the question, the comments that came in, Jackie said over 10 to 20,000 here in South Africa. Brian said, I have heard a container of books on average prior was around 2,500. Now it's jumped up to 25,000. Audrey says, I wish I was only paying $10,000 per. Timothy, the most I've seen in my transactions is 29,000. I've heard stories of companies paying more just to get moved up in the line. And uh, thank you so much to everybody who commented on our question of the week. If you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, make sure to join us every Wednesday morning when we do ask those questions. 
So now back to today's podcast and which exciting software company is joining me today? Well, it's Logics Board. Logics Board is a one-stop customer engagement platform for freight forwarders that helps their customers be more efficient and have more visibility into their processes. With a focus on simplifying logistics and delivering unparalleled customer experience, Logics Board can help you to boost customer retention, supercharge your sales team, scale your operations operations, and confidently compete in a busy market. Today, Julian Alvarez, co-founder and CEO at Logicsport, joins me to chat all about the company, what they do, their dedication to customer experience, and the challenges facing the shipping industry right now. Before we dive in, let's find out a little bit more about Julian. Julian Alvarez is a serial entrepreneur and the founder and CEO of Logicsboard, a venture-backed company based in Seattle. Logicsboard provides freight forwarders with a modern online portal to provide better visibility workflows and analytics for their customers and partners. So welcome to the show, Julian. Thank you, Sarah. It's uh, great to be here and thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you here. I mean, we share a lot of similarities in our values when speaking to you and also to your teams. And I love your entrepreneurial spirit and the way that you've approached building and growing Logics Board. So I'm just really looking forward to finding out more. So without further ado, let's just dive in. Uh, Recently, I have absolutely been loving asking founders of the brands on the show about their journeys because I have had some just really incredible answers. And I think people like to know what that founder journey really looks like. And a small glimpse at your bio, you know, it says that you're going to be absolutely no exception when it comes to some of those incredible (laughs) answers. So before we learn more about your current business, I want to hear all about your entrepreneurial journey and how that led you you to co-founding Logics Board in 2016. Awesome. Yeah. I'm happy to happy to jump into that. Uh, thank you for the for the kind words there. So um, this is actually my third company. Uh, when I was graduating college from Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, I moved down to Miami. My family is incredibly you know, entrepreneurial. Both my mom and my dad were entrepreneurs and Wow. Um, my dad was starting a new company in the lending space. And instead of taking a big kind of job at a big company out of college, I decided to move down to South Florida and start a business with him and with some other partners. Did that for about two or three years, uh, had some success. And I got really, really, really hooked with starting companies and kind of just creating value, honestly. And I also got really hooked with how difficult it was. I think challenges is something that I really, really resonate with. And it was a, it was a grind the entire time, but it was really successful and it was really rewarding. Um, I jumped out of that, uh, into starting another company in a completely different field, uh, found some success there as well, met a ton of really good people, uh, encountered a ton of rejection. I think when you're an entrepreneur, you have to get really comfortable with, with rejection, but it also came with a lot of success as well. And that was a little bit of another avenue into into entrepreneurship. And finally came kind of the beginning of Logic Sport, which I was fortunate enough to start with with my brother, who's actually my co-founder. Um, he was working at Pilot Freight Services, which is a really big freight forwarding company out of the U.S. And having a lot of challenges managing right. his customers, managing his operation, 
I think there was a couple of things there. I saw an industry that was inundated with Excel and the way that they were communicating to customers. It was just a lot of Excel tables flying back and forth, a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls. And I remember Juan coming to me and saying, like, this is this is fundamentally broken. Like, there has to be a better way of doing this. Um, And I challenged him to go find, you know, at that point in time, uh, which was about 2017, uh, great software to help solve some of his challenges. And he came back to me a couple of days later and said, like, look, there is no great software out here. There's some software providers that are really good for the internal side of the operation. But when it comes to better servicing my customers, providing better visibility, better technology, there's nothing that really fills the gaps. Um, And I'd say at that point in time, it was kind of a leap. But three days later, he had quit his job and we had started Logics Board. Yeah, it was a a fast journey. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say it was a fast journey, but it was definitely a fast leap. I think we both fell deeply in love with the industry and kind of the opportunity for impact that we could have. It does. It does. It happens. I mean, most all of the, I couldn't even tell you how many people I have met that have either fallen into the industry, you know, or you took one look at it and just sort of fell in love. But I love the fact that your entrepreneurial journey, you know, involves your family, right? You started off with your dad. Now you're in business with your brother. And that's kind of like me. I had entrepreneurial parents and spent large majority of my journey in a family business and working with them as well. And so, so happy that you could share sort of that journey of where you came from and now what you're doing at Logics Board. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And so tell us about Logics Board then. What does it do? How do you help your customers? Yeah, it's really good. It's a really good question. So uh, we are, you know, a software as a service provider in the freight forwarding and the customs brokerage space. Essentially, we're kind of just a white labeled ship invisibility software. Um, Our customers are freight forwardings and customs brokers all over the world. We have customers in about 12 different countries. And we focus on building connections to the operating systems that those companies have internally. Um, if, if you think about kind of the shifts that have gone through through freight forwarding and through international trade, there's this massive wave of digitalization. And that wave yep. is really being led by end users, changing the expectations that they have yes. from their logistic service providers. And where we come in is we help um, logistic service providers really make that transition especially when it comes to providing customer-facing applications, uh, visibility software for their customers. And at our core, it's integrations into operating systems, building really modern and strong customer experiences on the front end so that we can make it really easy for our customers to make that digital transition. And you asked me there, uh, and you're familiar with the space, right? Everybody is always thinking about, what is the ROI? Everybody has seen uh, technology as a cost center uh, for a very long time. And we're really flipping the script there and thinking about, uh, you know, technology as an investment that drives really strong return on investment for freight forwarding companies. So it's a couple of things that we, that we're finding with our customers. One, when they implement our product, the users of that product are really their key accounts and it makes their customers incredibly sticky is something that we basically call digital handcuffs. So it makes it way likelier for them to retain customers with an enhanced service led by technology. 
second, um, it really helps increase sales for them, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. You've seen the rise of the flex ports and the beacons and companies that are, you know, digital freight forwarders leveraging technology first approach. And our customers are now being able to do the same thing. So deep impact on sales and winning new business. And then the last component there is it's a people first industry and there's inefficiencies there and there's things that we're helping to enhance, uh, but really helping freight forwarding companies and customs brokers better service their customers and drive some auto, you know, some automation there. That's also where we can have a deep impact as well. You are speaking my language. I mean, I remember that retention was always top of mind, but it was like, how do we do it? And how do we make our experience and our customer service that much better? And sometimes we didn't focus on the cost of actually losing a customer and trying to replace them. And I think, you know, that's one of the biggest downfalls. I mean, outside of Excel and being a little bit behind on technology and things like that. But I was just talking to somebody the other day and they were like, my customs broker is, they've made a bunch of mistakes on my account and they're saying it's our fault and not theirs. And I, I pushed back and I said, listen, it's their responsibility customer facing to give you the best customer experience possible. And that is to say, okay, we've made these mistakes, but we're never going to make them again or have the technology in place to make sure that they don't. Right. I mean, it's just crazy. The things that, that I've been hearing about, but You know, I like the fact that you talk about customer experience because, again, a lot of times we weren't talking about that in freight forwarding. And so what does the platform actually look like? Like what features can customers expect and what can customers do like within your platform? Sure. It's a it's a really good question. Um, I think at our core, what we're really helping freight forwarding companies do is provide better visibility. I think their customers uh, in a really chaotic, you know, chaotic supply chain are trying to understand like, and answer the basic question of where's my stuff. Right. Yeah. And that's really <laughs> what we focus on, on answering. So it's a platform that the freight forwarders or the customs brokers, customers can access. Uh, we're really trying to provide them kind of that track and, you know, track and trace and visibility data so that they can, mm-hmm. you know, un- understand, um, where their, where their goods or their containers are trying to aggregate communication and documentation in a very similar place um, as well as analytics. But the way that we think about Logics Board is really how do we help tell this entire story of the life cycle of a shipment all the way from the beginning when you're placing a booking or requesting a quote all the way to an order uh, when the shipment is actually moving, when it's actually arriving at, at its location invoicing so we're also showing invoicing information or you know accounting information all the way through the payment and being kind of that visibility first approach what we're telling is the story of what's happening across the entire life cycle of that specific shipment so that you know ultimately the freight forwarders customer can have better control and better understanding of their operation and to your point a better customer experience as well um yeah it's it's interesting that you mentioned the customer experience um it's really kind of at the core of, of our belief and what we find is logistic service providers really focusing on providing a great experience led by people, right? Yeah. And we fundamentally think that's the right approach. Like technology is not going to replace people. It's only going to enhance it. But thinking about 
kind of today the status quo has really changed and that customer experience is not just people led but it's also people plus technology building yeah. both of those at the same time is incredibly challenging and our you know our, our thought here is if freight forwarding companies and logistic service providers can focus on building great people operations will be a digital partner and focus on building the best technology on their behalf to kind of yeah. marry those two elements together and help them uh, kind of advance and digitize and keep up with customer expectations uh, that are changing really rapidly as well. Yeah. And that's really great, right? I mean, a lot of times freight forwarders have looked internally sometimes to build their own technology and I'm hoping and I'm feeling like the last couple of years they've kind of been like, no, there's a lot of really great players out there that we can sort of hand that off to so we can focus on the things that we do best because that's what they're there for, right? I mean, some freight forwarders would say that they're a technology company, granted, okay, but there's a lot of them out there that are not and they do need to bring that technology and marry that with the people to really be successful, I think, in the next kind of era of logistics, right? I, I think that that's huge. And you talk about marrying uh, people and technology, but what about marrying technology and technology? Let's talk about integration because <laughs> I'm in the audience and I'm like, I've got so many different moving pieces and I've got yeah. so many different systems. I'm going to take on Logic's board, but what does that mean for me from an integration standpoint? Like, is this easy? Do they talk really well? Tell me about that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's part of our bread and butter at our core kind of deep integrations and really strong customer experiences there. Um, but integration is, is is really critical when you ask me about kind of that founder journey and what we found early on and what we found was an industry that wanted to change, but there really wasn't the ability to change quickly and rapidly and kind right. of seamlessly or uh, efficiently, right? So the way that we started thinking about this was, okay, well, freight forwarding companies and customs brokers have all of these internal applications that yes. really are core <laughs> to their operation. You're not going to replace those. They're deeply entrenched. Everybody right. knows how to use them. How do we actually leverage the data that exists in those systems and help freight forwarding companies, you know, get up and running really quickly? So today we're working with freight forwarding companies that use CargoWise as their operating system. We've built a really deep integration into, you know, into that system. And that allows us to get our customers up and running really rapidly. Uh, we actually just took a look at this last quarter. It took us on average less than two weeks to get a new customer up and running with wow. our solution. That was phenomenal. You know, everybody yeah. was really thrilled about that. The second piece is it allows freight forwarding companies to be able to really drastically change that customer experience without having to replace uh, their operating system and being able to provide both value to their customers immediately, but also to the operations and to the sales teams um, is, is really critical for us. Um, so that's the integration that we're working on heavily today. We are building out integrations to other operating systems. So CargoWise, BlueJay, Descartes, div, you know, different, um, systems where we've seen that there's a lot of pent up demand from the market wanting to digitize and we'll continue to invest heavily into those integrations so that we can work with more and more companies. 
That's really awesome to hear. So when you did that two week integration, did your team, do you have a bell? Like, did your team like run to the bell? They were like, ding, 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 ding. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. Like every other kind of startup, like we, we tend to uh, run our communication for the business on Slack. Right. And uh, <laughs> right? it's okay. constantly. They need a bell on Slack. It's constantly <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> cele- oh, we, we, ha- we have a digital gong that oh, we good. use uh, okay, good. for this, but uh yeah, so we we looked back, tracked all of this information, and we were like in awe. There was actually a couple of customers that we managed to get up and running within a couple of days. And wow. then some bigger customers that we were working with, uh, I think the longest one took us about 29 days, so under a month, and it was substantial operation. So it's something that we're that we're incredibly um, that we're incredibly proud of and really just helps us deliver value really quickly, we, we thought about that ROI component. Um, and the faster that we can get our customers up and running with their data and having really strong quality there is something that not only sets us apart, but just something that we just consistently focus on, on making better and better and better. And it, it does boil down to, to that initial kind of founder journey, right? When, when we realize like, People can't, we can't ask people to replace their systems. This cannot be difficult. It cannot be expensive for them to get up and running. Like, how do we make this seamless? So we've invested a lot of resources, a lot of time, a lot of effort. We've raised venture and a lot of the venture dollars, you know, the venture capital that we raise is precisely so that we can get better as a company at all these things and, you know, transition that value over to our customers and to their customers as well. Awesome. I mean, that's what makes the perfect partner, right? And everything that you've just mentioned there is that you're thinking about the future. You're also thinking about in the here and now, how do we make it better? How do we make it more simple, more easy, that kind of thing. And we've talked a lot on the show about digitization, but we've also talked about the large number of businesses out there who are still battling with Excel spreadsheets and out of date tech. I mean, it's really a tale of two halves right now. But what I find really interesting is that your approach is more about mindset than forcing the tech side. And that's kind of what we've been talking about. And so you say that there are three signs that you're ready for digitization. And I love this question because if I'm sitting in the audience, you know, what kind of questions that I'm, am I asking myself to know that I'm ready for somebody like a logic sporter to pick up the phone and call you. We're going to talk about some examples a little bit later on in the interview, but what are the signs and why is it important to focus on mindset? What are the questions that I'm asking myself? Yeah, it's, it's actually really, it's actually a really good question. So I'll break that down into, you know, a couple of buckets, but if you are a freight forwarding company and a customs broker in, in today's world, it's, it's a landscape that's changing so rapidly and COVID only accelerated that, right? So there's a couple of things to really look out for. One, if you see customer expectations changing and people asking for better technology, we see that consistently happening when companies are going out for RFPs. That's one thing to be, you know, to really be mindful of. It's like, are right. your customers asking for better tech? Because if, if they are, you need to get ahead of that really quickly and that's mm-hmm. where we can come in. Yeah. The second one, a lot of our customers have actually lost lost customers or lost deals because of of technology, right? And um, it's an interesting conversation that we have with our customers. 
they will lose deals or they'll lose customers because of technology. And a lot of times those customers will come back to them because they're in love with the service. And that's really kind of that people first approach. But Mm -hmm. uh, if that's happening, you want to make sure that you can kind of be defensive against that at all costs. Like you do not want to be losing deals because of technology. So I'd say pressures in the market that we look for when we're, or that we see from our customers are, are largely around that, you know, big customers or just customers in general, changing expectations. The second one is seeing competitive pressure and like potentially losing deals or losing customers because of technology. But the, the three signs for us um, and kind of that mindset component data, it's all about the data. Data is incredibly uh, you know, important here. There's a ton of data out there and having, having a mindset that data is an asset that you have as a freight forwarding company is is ultra critical that was one of the things that yeah. really um interested me about the space when i first started learning about it was how much data these companies were aggregating and not really leveraging that data to make better decisions so understanding that data can be something that can really empower you as an organization i think that's one sign and one mindset that's really important the second one which i'll continue to hone in on it's just having that people-first mindset. Ultimately, yeah. um, we, we, we see this sometimes, right, where people are often resistant to change or afraid of technology. And there's questions there around, like, is this going to automate specific functions? Like, we very much believe that you need to have a mindset where technology is enhancing the people. And as a logistic service provider, you're always going to be a people-first organization. That's going to yeah. be how you lead, not just today, but leading to the future as well. And then being open to change. Uh, I think you've been in the industry, you know it. Uh, when when we first started diving into it, uh, I think people were a little bit more resistant and it's accelerated and accelerated. And now we see people really kind of looking at the changes and saying like, I want to get ahead of this. Like if the industry is going somewhere, I want to get ahead of it. And that's really where where we come in kind of in those three things, you know, will help you leverage the data that you have to provide a much better service and, you know, to drive value, increase sales, retain customers. Two, we'll combine kind of that people first approach with, with our technology. And we're also a people first company, right? Like there's change management to, you know, to digitalization and how can we support that and how can we be people first in supporting that? Um, and helping to to kind of merge those both with the people first and with being open to change. Those are all processes that we can help guide companies through um, and that we have a lot of experience doing successfully already. Well, and I think that mindset, you know, as long as your customers have that mindset, then you you make that that partnership work. And it's not just about your relationship, it's about their relationship with their customers as well. And I'm sure, you know, that mindset and focusing on customer experience probably sets you apart from your your competitors. Uh, I would be surprised if it doesn't. But I want to shift gears for a second, because we've been talking a lot about, in the industry at least, about disruptions and resiliency, especially with everything that we've been going through in the industry for, for a little while. I want to talk about resiliency for Logics Board, right? Because you've had to balance being a startup, raising capital, really growing, especially through some of the toughest times that we've seen. But then we've also seen a lot of disruptions in the industry. And so 
How has it been for you and what does that resiliency look like? And then how does Logix Board kind of help their customers avoid disruption in the future? That's a that's a fascinating question. Um, I think when you're when you're an entrepreneur, like resiliency and grit is at your core. And if it's not, yes. then don't start a company, <laughs> right? But uh, when when your company actually starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger, it's no longer just about the founder and that resiliency, but really operating as a team. Um, and COVID was a yeah yeah COVID was a really interesting catalyst for us. We were going through through a product rebuild, getting close to launching the new product that we had built, and all of a sudden COVID hit. And we're, you know, we're based in Seattle, so it was one of the first places to shut down. And I remember those first kind of six or eight weeks where we were reaching out to freight forwarding companies to demo our product and people were very engaged before that. But those six to eight weeks, everybody stopped answering the phone. No one wanted to engage and um, I, I turned around and I was, you know, talking with, with my co-founder and I was like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden it shifted. It was like a switch hit and it shifted so fast where people started reaching out to us and saying like, Hey, everything's changing. Uh, we need to adjust. We need to adapt. It's a new world. I think there was chaos there and out of chaos, like, uh, you know, there, there was opportunity and, and a really difficult time for not just the industry, but society and humanity as a whole, we were really able to stay kind of focused, heads down. And I think what what set us apart, there was two things. Like we focused deeply on the customer pain point and how we could help solve that. Um, And never really wavered there around like what we actually felt were the challenges. And we really relied on our first customers to help guide us through that. And the second one was actually we just got way closer to our customers. You mentioned this earlier around one of the things that sets you know sets us apart is really that customer experience. Like we live and breathe that. Um, one of our co-founders actually leads the entire customer success function. Um, we got really close to our customers and started helping them to manage and navigate kind of those murky waters where we yeah. knew there was a lot of. Um, you know, there was light at the end of the tunnel. We knew that there was going to be a lot of success if we were able to implement and make this success, you know, successful. But we heavily invested into building those relationships, into helping our customers um, succeed with our product. Um, and I, I think that's the first thing that you asked me, which was like, how how were we so resilient? And it really yeah. boiled down from kind of our initial journey, one, two, uh, probably being very afraid and then realizing like we need to just break through these walls. Uh, And, but three, it was ultimately like led by our team and led by our customers. I think we, we, we kind of got together and huddled and said like, there's light at the end of this. Let's just keep going. And it was, it accelerated so much faster than we, than we ever thought possible, which, which ultimately turned out to be really positive for, for our business and for our customers. But the, the other question that you asked me is just disruption. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk around disruption, and mm-hmm. we, you know, we're in in the business as well of raising venture. And you're talking to venture capitalists, and a lot of people have this this belief or this this vision that freight forwarding and international 
trade is going to be completely disrupted and there's going to be a few companies that come in and take over the entire market. And right. we, we, first, we don't think that's possible and we think it's fundamentally not true. Um, we really have focused and really think about this as like freight forwarding companies and customs brokers have built these amazing businesses that are people led. They have really deep network, you know, networks, really deep expertise and if they're able to marry that with really great technology, uh, they're going to be able to ride that wave and to continue to grow really successfully. So that, yeah. that that's part of why we're here. It's a massive that's really fragmented, really large. And there can be companies that come in and raise a lot of venture to try to disrupt the industry and maybe end up owning one or two or three percent of the market. But where we want to play is how do we empower the other 95, 98, 90, you know, 99% of the market to make that digital transformation and all things being equal. Uh, I think the existing players there uh, have the relationships, uh, have those networks already to continue to persevere in kind of uh, today's digital age. Well, and I love the word that you used in power. Like that is such a powerful word. I don't think we use it enough, especially as founders, you know, tech founders, really thinking about our customers and not just providing value and providing something that they can utilize within their business to be successful, but also empowering them to be successful and to embrace the technology and embrace the disruptions because we're all in this together. So I love that you said that. Now, you were talking about your ideal customer being customs brokers as well as freight forwarders. Is there a particular size um, or, you know, are you, is your technology kind of friendly for everybody? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something that we get asked, you know, consistently. So the way that we work, we really focus on building integration so that we can work with freight forwarding companies that have different applications. Um, if we take a look out, if you are a freight forwarding company, really using any modern or any of the top operating systems in the, in the space, those are companies that we want to be working with. Our focus to date has really been working with small and medium sized uh, freight forwarding companies. We do have customers that are substantially larger as well, right? But um, ultimately, kind of our long-term vision for Logic Sport, we really, again, going back to that word empower, we really believe in empowering the entire ecosystem. And Good. whereas right now, we, we've been really focused on helping small and medium-sized freight forwarding companies succeed, we know that that will continue to shift and to transform as, as we mature the, you know, as a company and as the ecosystem matures as well. Um, so hopefully that, that answers the question. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it does, but freight forwarding companies, customs brokers, uh, particular companies that really, which, which is something that we can guide. And the great news for us is our customers see return on investment so quickly. I think that's what's made us successful, but companies that really see technology as being critical for their future, but also see technology as a way to grow that gets us really excited because that's what we're seeing with our customer base as well. Absolutely. And now it's time for one of my favorite questions, which is the Let's case study. So can you paint us a picture of how you've worked with one of your customers? Like, I mean, what was the challenge that they came, came to you oh. with? I'm guessing it's probably technology, but what was the impact of your solution to their business? Sure. 
Oh, I have so many. That's such a difficult question. That's so good. <laughs> uh, that's such a difficult question. So I'll I'll mention a couple of there because there's I've talked about kind of different ways in we had you, you know in which we add value, but um, Aaron Ground World Transport is a you know mid market freight forwarding company out of California. When when we first started working together, and they were one of our very early customers, and I'm incredibly grateful to Shirley and her team for kind of taking a bet on us, when we first started working together, they had actually lost an important kind of key customer to Flexport. And that loss had been because of technology. Right. Um, and we came in and, you know, kind of partnered and were able to get them up and running with our solution really quickly. I think it was four months in, they had okay. won the entire customer account back and expanded really? it. And wow. we, we did a case study on this. I think that was a two and a half million dollar account. So that's something that was really early that I'm very, very proud of. And, you know, I, I remember us writing that case study and being really happy there. Um, we have a, a customer out of, out of Europe that actually was in, a, in an RFP. There was, I think, like 40 brokers or freight forwarders that were invited. Um, and they went through this process and ultimately it came down to several companies and some of the biggest companies in the world being in kind of that bid and that competitive process. And our customer ended up winning. And a huge part of that was they were actually able to offer the best, uh, the best service and the best technology. And they were competing with Flexport, which to, to us was something yeah. that was, uh, really thrilling as well. And lastly, we have, uh, know several customers in the states where we've asked them to really quantify some of the value that we're delivering and the values there are astronomical i mean we're talking tens of millions of dollars as they get up and running with our product wow. in the first year and seeing our customers find and drive that much value with our product uh so quickly i think that's what uh that's what drives us the most we're Consistently, we talked about Slack and celebration and celebrating how quickly we can get a, you know someone up and running. But um, part of what fuels us as a team is also celebrating our customers' wins. And what we're finding there is companies will get up and running with our product and a lot of our customers will start winning new revenue, new business so quickly. That's something that we're consistently celebrating. Um, there, there's probably too many there for me to to uh, talk about all of them, but um, it's, it's what makes ones. us the most excited. When, when you're a software provider, I think it's really easy to, to fall in kind of a no man's land where you're not sure if you're adding value or not. And for us, like we were so focused and honed in on that from the very beginning, seeing that become a reality with freight forwarding companies really all over the world, regardless of geography, regardless of size, regardless of what backing system they're, they're using. It's kind of that initial hypothesis that we had about the market kind of uh, playing true, which is exciting uh, as it's, a founder. Yeah, and it's so impressive. I mean, congratulations, because those are some amazing, amazing stories. And I'm so grateful that you shared those with us. And I think you and I could talk for hours, but I'm unfortunately, sure. <laughs> we're down to our last question. And so I want to focus on the future. What does the future for Logic's board look like? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question as well. So I will say, like, we, we keep thinking about about the company and really think about kind of the product and how do we continue to solve challenges that our customers 
face and their customers face day in and day out. One of the things that we're focused on is just continuously to drive and to build additional functionalities and features that can help solve those. So I'd say right now, starting to, you know, continuing to expand on some of these integrations so that we can work with freight forwarding companies, regardless of one system, you know, what system they're using. That's something that's mission critical for us. The concept of being able to tell the entire life cycle of a shipment, uh, that's something that we continue to work on and we continue to hone in on. Um, freight forwarding is a really complex industry and yeah. we're trying to ultimately <laughs> take something that is complex, at least from a data perspective and simplify it and really make it easy to understand. So continuing to hone in on on driving that visibility for the entire life cycle of a shipment is is uber critical uh, for us and for our customers as well. And then there's a lot of different things that we're considering to continue to add value to our customers. I think we take a look at the world as if we're partnering up with freight forwarding companies, we want to be able to tell them like, look, we'll help you from a technology perspective, make sure that you're always staying ahead of that digitalization curve. Um, so there's a lot of different things there kind of on our roadmap and our pipeline that we're thinking about to drive value to our customers. But hopefully the ones that I talked about today uh, make sense. Of course they do. And I am super excited to just follow your journey and see exactly what you do and how you change that. I mean, the shipping industry is facing huge challenges right now, and it's clear that big changes need to be made. And we can't continue to work in silos without the data we need and without that appreciation of the bigger picture. So the visibility and collaboration fostered by a platform like Logics Board has the potential to help us really make some impactful strides. Go and check them out at logicsboard.com. And just want to say a huge thank you to you, Julian, as well as those on your team at Logics Board for making this episode happen. Sarah, thank you. I really appreciate it. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. If you would like to hear more from us, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast to check out the latest. Plus, we have a category filter. So if you have a supply chain challenge that you're looking for a solution, we have most likely had them on the show. So go and use that category filter and check out the companies that we have featured on the podcast. And remember to come back next week where I'll be joined by Caleb of Sifted. And we're going to be talking all about e-commerce, but not just about last mile delivery. We're going to be talking about the impact that the data that they provide their customers have saved one of them over 2.4 
million. So you're not going to want to miss out on that one. Come back and check it out next week. If you enjoy our podcast, there's a few ways to support the show. You can follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're also on Clubhouse and TikTok. You can also find some really cool merch. So if you've got a supply chainer in your life and you want to buy them something really great for the holidays, you can head over to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast or sorry, shop. And we've got some great merchandise. We also have our exclusive supply chain dictionary. But let me tell you a secret. If you head over to the Let's Talk Supply Chain Instagram and you DM us, talk with the number one, you will get our supply chain dictionary for free. And if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, remember to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.